0: what's up divers welcome into the deep dive fantasy football podcast where i take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles i'm your host brandon gabor and before we get started remember you can follow me on my main platform being twitter at deep dive ff instagram at deep dive fantasy football youtube at deep dive fantasy football even tiktok at deep dive ff And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What is up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. I'm spoiling you guys. What can I say? We got another mock draft, this time from the opposite end of the spectrum. The last one was from the 11 spot. This one is from the number one spot. So I'm giving you a wide variety and... I guess that means I might have to do another mock draft right from the middle. But we're doing it from the one spot today. We will get into it. And we're starting off, of course, you guys know me by now. It's Christian McCaffrey. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey every single time at the one spot. Just with that one pick, I'm already projected to score more. To score, I should say, six points more every week than my opponent Just off that one running back selection, so hopefully, I don't screw up the rest of the draft and we're good to go. So, after I take McCaffrey, we've got a huge run on running backs, a good run on wide receivers. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey both go before it gets back to me, right before my pick goes George Kittle, which is perfect because you guys know that's not my tight end two of choice, and I took my tight end two of choice, which is Darren Waller. So, I start with McCaffrey at 1 1. Best running back in the game and then i've got darren waller the second best tight end in the game the third best overall fantasy player in value over replacement what's the order you say you ask Christian mccaffrey then travis kelsey and then darren waller darren waller gives you on average three and a half to four points more per week than your opponent's tight end and that's only because kelsey out there exists if kelsey wasn't a thing then he would be the king and he would be in the sixth range in terms of points per week advantage. So Christian McCaffrey, Darren Waller, best start to a draft possible. Plus, I'm on the turn, so I get to pick again. And you guys know me. I love to lock up the running back position, especially right here. If I neglect to do so and I grab a wide receiver, I'm putting myself at risk of a huge running back run In the third and fourth round that by the time it gets back to me i'm looking at a bunch of garbage so i'm grabbing a running back who was one of the most consistent running backs last year in fantasy football he didn't do as good as everyone expected him to do or as everyone hoped he would do he didn't live up to his draft cost but he was extremely consistent and when i already have McCaffrey and i already have waller two guys that are super explosive if i can get that consistent running back too that still has potential to have big weeks because he does have receiving work and he's in a very good offense. I'm going to take that. And that's why I drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 3-1 off the turn right after Darren Waller. So let's talk about some notable picks after Clyde. All right. Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley all went right after I took Clyde. So maybe I should, maybe we'll look back and say, oh, you should have took Calvin Ridley right there. We'll see. But I'm very confident so far in my Two running back, one tight end start. I love that. That's probably my favorite start and draft template so far this year out of everything I've tried, is a tight end and two running backs. So, and that tight end is always Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey, one or the other. After those three receivers, Josh Allen went, Josh Jacobs, Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, DeAndre Swift... That's actually a nice little run right there. Terry McLaurin's a good value. DeAndre Swift's a good value. Julio Jones at the back of the third. That's decent. David Montgomery at the back of the third. Allen Robinson to finish the third. Chris Carson to start the fourth. Amari Cooper. Kyle Pitts. That's too high. Darrell Henderson. That's too high. Kyler Murray. Miles Sanders. That's a decent value. Lamar Jackson. Chris Godwin. Mark Andrews. CeeDee Lamb. DJ Moore. And now it's back to me. And lo and behold one of the guys I told you, one of my favorite players to target in every round, which we've already got two of those in the three rounds we've chosen, right? I told you guys, McCaffrey and Waller were two of my three favorite targets in the first two rounds, and we've got them both. Clyde was a good pick to start the third, and now I'm getting another one of my favorite players in the fourth round, my favorite player actually in the fourth round, and that's Cooper Cup. At 412, he almost slipped into the fifth. So, I'm taking Cooper Cup there. He's got wide receiver one potential, not the wide receiver one. I just mean wide receiver one in general, so top 12. That's where I have him ranked. I think he's got top five wide receiver potential overall because he's done it before. Now he's got a better quarterback. The offense should be better, and they should pass more because there's no Todd Gurley or Cam Akers. So we're looking good to go. And Cooper Cup is my wide receiver one. When I've got Waller, McCaffrey, and Clyde, I'll take that all day. But I've got another pick to make because we are at the one spot and we're on the turn. So after Cooper Cup, i got to decide, am I going to double tap wide receiver here and take my wide receiver two, or do I try to lock up the running back position? And that's definitely where I'm going because after an injury, I told you guys, ADP's not fully caught up yet, and because of that, when people are looking at draft lists, in draft especially as the the you know regular fans the regular fantasy guys that don't pay attention throughout the whole offseason and are just now getting into the groove of fantasy right just a couple weeks before the season as they start drafting what do they look at the most when they're drafting they look at that draft list the top players available and that is ordered off of either adp or x rank usually adp so somebody that they might completely miss and not even realize is sitting there is James Robinson. So I take him to start the fifth round. With Travis Etienne out, there's no reason James Robinson can't be just as good as last year. Now, I don't actually predict that. I actually think he's going to be worse than last year, but he's still going to be a very solid running back too, which is why I'm taking, here, taking him here at the beginning of the fifth round as my third running back. Why do I think he's not going to be as good as last year? Well, Brandon, what if their offense is better with Trevor? It probably will be. But the difference here is James Robinson was the sole beneficiary of the carries last year in the backfield. He had one of the highest target shares or carry shares and target shares, actually, among running backs last year in the entire NFL. That's probably not what Urban Meyer's trying to do. He's probably going to give James Robinson, instead of 90% of the carries like he got last year, 75%. That's a big dip. And You're looking at a similar dip, if not worse, in the receiving category. So that's why I don't think James Robinson will be as good, but he's still going to be very good. And I love locking up running backs. So I'm taking James Robinson for sure at 5-1. Now we've got a new run, two more rounds of players to go through. I'll point out some picks that I thought were either really good or really bad. Jamar Chase is one I thought was really bad. At 5-3, the top of the fifth round, he's been struggling first off. Second off, he's not going to be better than T. Higgins, and he's not going to be better than Tyler Boyd, and he was chosen before both of them, and that's very common, and it's going to be one of the biggest draft mistakes when this year is over. It's all said and done. Everyone's going to look back and be like, why were we drafting a rookie wide receiver who struggled in the preseason over T. Higgins who just had a great rookie season and Tyler Boyd, who's been super consistent in a wide receiver too every single year if you just look at his games where he was healthy and he had a starting quarterback. So with those things in mind, that's why Jamar Chase was a really bad pick in my opinion. Robert Woods at 5'5 is an amazing pick. He and Cooper Cup, there's no difference. And I thought Cooper Cup was a steal at 4'12, so Robert Woods at 5'5 is an even better steal. And I was actually thinking about, I was contemplating it, taking Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, but I was like, oh, that's a little risky. If something happens to Stafford, I am done. So I'm not going to do that. So that's why I just chose one. I'm taking Robert Woods or Cooper Cup pretty much 50-50, even, split. So I figured I'll take Cooper Cup this time around. Then we've got Tyler Lockett in the middle of the fifth round. That's a great value. We've got Michael Thomas at the back of the fifth. That's pretty risky. I'm not there yet. Jameis starting is not necessarily going to be better for Michael Thomas, by the way. And Javonta Williams at the back of the fifth, the last pick of the fifth round. I like that pick a lot. Deontay Johnson was the first pick of the sixth round at one. That was really nice. T. Higgins at 6'4", great value. T.J. Hawkinson at 6'5", even better value. Aaron Rodgers went in the middle of the sixth round, along with Justin Herbert. Two guys that I think are both being overdrafted. So I wasn't a fan of those picks. Juju Smith-Schuster in the middle of the sixth, that's pretty good if you're looking for some consistency. And that's pretty much the notable picks until it gets back to me at six twelve. So we've got another turn here. And man, am I tempted to grab another running back. I know I've only got one wide receiver in the first five rounds. And I know that possibly not taking another wide receiver here is gonna be risky. But what I've always done and what has always led me to successful fantasy seasons is slam running back and get an elite tight end. If you do those two things, I promise you, if you do those two things, unless you get killed with injury, okay, if you do those two things and you're just average at everything else, you're average at working the waiver wire, you're average at picking your start-sit decisions every week, you're average at your trades, you're average at everything else, you're going to make the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, once you get to the dance, anything can happen. So that's what I always do. I slam running back, get my elite tight end, and I work the waiver wire for wide receiver. I work the wire for wide receiver, if need be. Maybe I'm going to hit on all my wide receivers late because there's so many good options. And I feel very confident. So, we'll see what I can pull together because I am going to take another running back, and that's Mike Davis. Mike Davis should not be on the board at the back of the sixth round. 6'12. He's, man, I, I can't tell you what number running back off the board he is. I don't want to sit here and count, but it looks like if I had to eyeball it, he's about running back 20, 22 off the board. He's my running back four. And you might be saying, you got to fill your starting lineup, Brandon. You've got to fill your starting lineup before you go grab somebody that's going to sit on the bench because McCaffrey and Clyde are going to be my running backs one and two. James Robinson will be my flex. So by taking Mike Davis, I'm taking a bench player, it's true, over somebody that's going to start, whoever is going to be my wide receiver too. But I am so confident in finding wide receiver gems, Antonio Brown, Tyler Boyd, one that we're about to talk about, Corey Davis, and a bunch of other ones that could easily be wide receiver twos, that I have no problem doing so. So I'm trying to lock up the running back position and not have to worry about it. So that's what I'm doing by taking Mike Davis. And now the wide receiver that I think is going to be a great wide receiver two for me, or at least serviceable wide receiver 2 He's be a great flex and he's a great value where he's being drafted, and that's LaVisca Chanel. I'm taking LaVisca Chanel at 7-1. He's going to be, as of right now, the wide receiver two in my lineup. He's got potential to be a top 15 wide receiver. The Jaguars are going to throw the ball a lot. Their defense sucks. They're going to be behind a lot. Travis Etienne got hurt, so there's more targets available for LaVisca Chenault. He's going to get some carries here and there as well. He's got the Robert Woods rush boost factor, right? That's something that people always like to throw in when they talk about Robert Woods. Well, it's the same situation for LaVisca. LaVisca was one of statistically the best rookie wide receivers last year after justin jefferson pretty much and he actually had better hands and a better catch rate or a better contested catch rate than justin jefferson so laviska is just a beast and people don't really realize it they will after this year so i'm grabbing him at a great value to be my wide receiver too now let's talk about the rest of the seventh round and then the eighth round tom brady goes no thank you Trevor Lawrence goes, no thank you. Jalen Waddle goes in the middle of the seventh. That's a pretty decent pick. DJ Chark, middle of the seventh. I like that one too. Jerry Judy. This was one I was contemplating over LaVisca Chenault because of the news that Teddy Bridgewater is the starting quarterback now. Will he keep that job all season? Probably not. Because unless they're just trying to settle for mediocrity, and by them I mean obviously the Broncos, because Teddy's not going to get them to 10-plus wins most likely, and Drew Lock, while he might be worse than Teddy, his ceiling is also way higher than Teddy. I thought that they were going to use this year to figure out, hey, is Drew Lock our guy or not? Let's give him his last chance. He's only played or he's only started 18 NFL games. I think it was 18, like 18 or 19 NFL games because he didn't play most of his rookie year. So why not give him a shot when he's got all these weapons, see what he can do. Apparently, that's not what the Broncos want to do. They're going to give a guy who keeps getting recycled from team to team to team and is a great backup quarterback, is a very consistent game manager, but gives you no upside and is not a franchise changer. They're going to give him the keys instead. So I don't really agree with that, but it's going to be great for Jerry Judy because Teddy Bridgewater, he's not going to be taking a crazy amount of risks. He's not going to be taking a crazy amount of deep shots. Well, guess what? You know who is the most risk-averse wide receiver on this team? It's Jerry Judy. Why? Because he creates the most separation. He's the best route runner, and he's always open. So that's going to be the favorite target for Teddy Bridgewater. Hands down, place all your money on a bet like that. Because Jerry Judy, unless he gets injured, is for sure going to lead this team in targets, and it's probably going to be by a pretty wide margin. So I love Jerry Judy there at the back of the 7th slash middle of the 7th, 7-9. Seven, Michael Carter at seven ten. That was a really good pick. Dallas Goddard, you guys know I love him, but I've already got Waller. Dallas Goddard was at the back of the seventh. That was a good pick. Brandon Cooks to start the eighth round. Awesome pick. He is going to be the number one target in Houston. I know the quarterback situation is not ideal, but when you're getting the number one wide receiver for an NFL team in the eighth round, and it's somebody who's been a top 16 wide receiver, five of the last six seasons, that's a good pick. There's no arguing it. And after that, we had Trey Sermon go in the middle of the 8th round, along with Ronald Jones. Those are both decent picks. Chase Edmonds also right there with those guys. Great pick. And then I got sniped. Antonio Brown went right before I picked that 8 I was hoping he could be my wide receiver 3, but I have no problem with it because I'm actually going to draft somebody to be my wide receiver 3, technically. They're the third wide receiver I'm taking but I have them ranked over LaVisca Chennault. So why did I not take this receiver over LaVisca Chenault? It's because I knew that he would get back to me, and that's Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's ADP is anywhere between round eight to ten. I just took him in the eighth round, the last pick of the eighth round. By the way the draft was going, it seemed like, hey, I'll probably be able to get Tyler Boyd, so I'll take LaVisca first, because there's no way LaVisca made it back. So, grabbed me some Tyler Boyd. He's my wide receiver three. He's going to be very consistent. I've already got heavy hitters like we've talked about with McCaffrey, Waller, Cooper Cup. Those are three heavy hitters. They can put up mad points any given week. And LaVisca Chenault might end up being one of those guys too. Tyler Boyd, he may not give you 30, 40 point weeks ever, but he's going to get you 15 almost every time. Well, he's going to get you 10 every time pretty much. And 15, more than half the time and he's going to give you some 20 baggers here and there too so i love him as a a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three in this case he's my wide receiver three and then i hit another wide receiver because we've got those four running backs in mccaffrey Clyde, james robinson and mike davis so i'm not really concerned about running back anymore and that's the the benefit of slamming running back at the top is not only are you securing the position as elite for your roster compared to everyone else's and not and you're also depriving everyone else from good running backs but you're making it where you don't have to worry about running back the rest of the draft while everybody else is like oh my goodness I don't have a good second running back I need to take shots on this guy and this guy and this guy and all those guys are off their team when they make waiver moves in week one so and week two so that's the benefit So because I did that, I'm able to grab another wide receiver here. So after Tyler Boyd, I take Corey Davis to start the ninth round. He got like six of nine targets from Zach Wilson. Corey Davis looks really good. Zach Wilson seems to love him. He's hyper-targeting him. When Elijah Moore comes back, is he going to get targeted that much? Obviously not. But if Corey Davis gets a 25% target share from Zach Wilson, who's looking pretty decent, that's going to be pretty good. And... To get, once again, like I said with Brandon Cooks, to get a wide receiver one for an NFL team that's going to see 110, 120 targets minimum in Corey Davis, as long as he stays healthy, in the beginning of the ninth round, is very good. So for him to be my wide receiver four, that's awesome. Now, there's also a great pick right after I took Corey Davis, and that's Damian Harris at 9-2. If I was looking for a running back, I would gladly have taken Damian Harris. But we're confident in running back. We're trying to get those receivers at this point. After Damian Harris was James Conner, then Kenyon Drake, then A.J. Dillon. little mini running back run right there in the ninth round. And honestly, all four of those were decent values. Definitely Damian Harris way better than the others, though, especially if Mac Jones is the starter because then Damian Harris will get way more carries and have more touchdown opportunities because Cam Newton is not stealing those touchdowns at the goal line. Then we've got Ryan Tannehill and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, not a big fan of this year, He at least where he's being drafted. Ryan Tannehill, very good fan of this year where he's being drafted. He's going to be better than what he has been because he's probably going to throw more because they added Julio Jones, and he's probably going to be more efficient because they added Julio Jones. So it's a rare opportunity for that to happen for a quarterback where their volume will probably go up and their efficiency might also go up, but we have that with Ryan Tannehill. Plus, he's going to get you anywhere between four and six rushing touchdowns, which is awesome. So that's why I love Ryan Tannehill. He's my quarterback seven, and Stafford is my quarterback six, so I love both of those guys where they're going. But Tannehill was a great value here at the middle of the ninth round. Then we've got Jalen Hurts. He's another good dart throw later on in the back of the ninth round. Logan Thomas, who Ryan Fitzpatrick seems to love, went as the last pick of the ninth round. I don't mind that pick at all. I like it, actually. Then we've got Will Fuller and Michael Pittman go. Decent. I like that Michael Pittman pick a lot more than the Will Fuller pick. And then that's pretty much the only relevant guys until the pick right before me this guy man he was doing a great job he was sniping me all over the place it's the same person that took a b before i picked it's the same person that took damian harris right after i picked he took a elite tight end right before me i would have rathered waller so i'm glad he grabbed kittle but he's on to the concept right he took justin jefferson so i actually like his team a lot he's probably got the second best team behind mine so far in my opinion Of course, I'm going to think my team is the best because I'm drafting it, so I'm not trying to be like cocky, but you're probably going to think the same thing about your team when you're drafting, at least during the draft. And So anyways, he did really well, and then he took another person right before me. He took Darnell Mooney. That's who I was hoping to be my wide receiver five at the back end of the 10th round, but he sniped me. Mooney's going to be very good with Dalton and Fields, probably better with Fields cuz the offense will be better in general. Fields has a better deep ball and he'll get more touchdown opportunity. You guys hear me say the same stuff about the same players. I'm just trying to drill it into your head at this point. So, who do I take? With Darnell Mooney taken right before me, I take Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is going to be my wide receiver five. He's got some boom potential for sure. He's going to be a boom bust guy, but when I'm looking at an opponent that let's say they're projected 15 more points than me, which probably won't happen, but if they're projected 15 more points than me on a week, maybe I'll play Henry Ruggs over a Tyler Boyd because maybe I just need that boom factor where Ruggs can get six receptions for 180 yards and two touchdowns or something ridiculous like that. So that's why I'm taking Ruggs there. Then we've got, my next pick, which I'm going to take my quarterback, I take Tua Tagovailoa. Here's the thing, though. Justin Fields and Trey Lance are not drafted yet. It's possible because there's only two rounds left. It's possible that one of them is on the waiver. And even if not, there's plenty of other good quarterbacks with upside on the waiver wire. Tua plays a great schedule at least in week one, and I'm pretty sure he has a very good schedule to start. He has a good schedule over the entire season, though. He has a green schedule, one of the best schedules for fantasy quarterbacks. Tua's got a huge overhaul in weapons, adding Jalen Waddell, Will Fuller, and even another decent tight end in Hunter Long that might be able to help out here and there. So I love the situation for Tua this year. He's looked pretty darn good in preseason. Everyone in that organization is backing him. Even the defensive players are saying Tua is their guy. So I'm super excited about that. Tua, I think, is going to be a very consistent, like a mini Drew Brees-esque type of fantasy quarterback. Or actually, he'll probably be just like what Drew Brees has been for the past three or four years, where you're not getting that top five play but you're always getting a back-end QB1 consistent play. So that's what I look at Tua as right now, and there's plenty of guys to take shots on once I figure out my roster better, and if I figure out you know, there's a wide receiver that I'm probably going to end up dropping or running back I'm going to drop or whatever the case may be to take a high upside play at quarterback. So Tua's at worst a placeholder at best, a consistent maybe quarterback eight total on the season. So then after that, We've got Elijah Moore, who goes boom. There goes Justin Fields at eleven three. Gus Edwards, nice pick. Miko Hardman, decent upside, I guess. He's looked all right. Trey Lance just went at the back of the eleventh. Deshaun Watson, so two huge upside picks right there. Deshaun Watson, huge risk, obviously. Philip Lindsay, that's a nice pick. That's who I was hoping would make it back to me to be my last running back on the roster. He went to start the 12th. He could easily end up being the guy who gets the most touches in that backfield in Houston. Evan Ingram went in the middle of the 12th. And Johnny Smith went in the middle of the 12th as well. That's going to be a, a good pick if Mac Jones is the starting quarterback because then he'll have a better chance at just overall target volume and touchdowns. And then that's pretty much it. That's the only notable guy, so it gets back to me. Now, I'm going to give you a quick little mini recap, right? My running backs are McCaffrey, Clyde, James Robinson, and Mike Davis. I have Darren Waller at tight end. My wide receivers are Cooper Cup, LaVisca Chenault, Tyler Boyd, Corey Davis, Henry Rux. I'm taking another wide receiver here he's being super hyped right now and I'm gonna take a shot with Jameis throwing him the ball and that's Marquez Callaway I'm gonna take him here over Traquan Smith who I liked as the sleeper until Marquez started going crazy in the preseason and looking really good and the hype just keeps building and building and building and the fact that Traquan's been in the league for a few years and hasn't done anything so that's also something that kind of helps me say okay I'll take my shot at Callaway and see what he can do And then my last pick to finish off the draft because I took out kicker and defense is Kenneth Gainwell at 13-1, the first pick and my last pick in the 13th round. He's going to be my fifth running back. He's got PPR floor. He's looked really good in the preseason. Every time he touches the ball, he's pretty good with it. So I'm very excited to see what Kenny Gainwell does. He was my running back four in this rookie class. I like him a lot. So to recap the team, I'm trying to decide if I want to do it in order or I'll give it to you like a lineup. I'm going to give it to you like my starting lineup. All right? So at quarterback, I've got Tua Tagovailoa. My two running back slots, I've got Christian McCaffrey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, James Robinson is sitting in the flex. Cooper Cup and LaVisca Shenault are my wide receivers with Tyler Boyd, if you're saying it's a two-flex league, in the other flex or on the bench. Corey Davis behind him, Henry Ruggs behind him with Marquise Callaway as my deep sleeper. And then Kenny Gainwell to back up the rest of the running backs, along with Mike Davis. That's the team right there. So there you have it. That's the team. I think it's like taking candy from a baby. Just draft your running backs high if you're in a good spot. Last, and I'm glad we changed up the spots, right? Because the last mock draft, when I was at the 11th spot, I was showing you guys it can be difficult because I had to take Kelsey. It was too good of a value there. If you take Kelsey and you're at the end turn... It's going to be a little bit difficult to just slam running back. But you still can work it out. And that's what I did. So that's what I got for you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Leave a rating. Leave a review if you want. So I'm going to do one more mock draft. It's going to be from the middle of the draft. If you want it to be a super flex, drop a review on Apple, iTunes, podcasts, and say in the review that you want a super flex draft. And I will give you a super flex draft. Otherwise, I'm going to do a regular standard draft from the middle next time. Have a good one, guys. Expect a sleepers and busts episode to come out soon and possibly like a preseason wrap-up episode. Thank you for listening. Peace.